I'm bringing it to you today. It's a story that we are very familiar with. Uh, it's the story of the sower. And there are several uh, passages, Matthew and Luke. So I'm going to be looking in Luke and then adding a few passages from Matthew into that as well. So we know the story of the sower when Jesus is speaking the parable and um, talking about how the sower goes out and he's sowing the seed and the different places the seed lands determines how the seed grows. So if you look in uh, Luke chapter 8, is the way we will start. Luke chapter 8, verse 4. And uh, let's begin. While a large crowd was gathering and people were coming to Jesus from town after town, he told this parable. A farmer went out to sow his seed. So he was scattering his seed. Some fell on the path. It was trampled on and the birds ate it up. Some fell on rocky ground, and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. In the version of Matthew, it said, because the sun came out, and it was hot, and the plants withered. Other seed fell among the thorns, which grew up with it, and it choked the plants. And then still other seed fell on good soil. It came up and yielded a crop. And then uh, in Luke, it says, a hundredfold. In Matthew, it says, some thirty, some sixty, and some a hundredfold. When he said this, he called out, Whoever has ears, hears, ears to hear, let him hear. Do we all have ears today? His disciples asked him what this parable meant. So he said, The knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God has been given to you, but to others I speak in parables, so that those seeing they may not see, those hearing they may not understand. So this is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. Those along the path are the ones who hear, and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts, so that they may, may not believe and be saved. Those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. The seed that fell among thorns stood, stand for those who hear, but who do not mature. I'm sorry, stand for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature. But the seed on good soil stand for those with a noble and good heart, who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop. In the past, I read this, and it was pretty straightforward. I mean, Jesus is explaining exactly what this parable meant, so there really wasn't much, uh, you know, to dig in into figure out. But Jesus is talking mostly about the seed. He's talking about the seed that the farmer is sowing and how it lands and how it grows and why it did what it did. Some didn't grow, a bird took it, some grew and withered and some got choked out by the thorns and some landed on good soil. But recently, about six months ago, I uh, watched a message on this and then read up on it and it gave me a perspective uh, perspective on what this passage is talking about. There's some more stuff here in this parable, like most parables, that you can really glean from. You can really take a good, good uh, message out of it. So first question is, who is the sower? So who is the farmer? Is it uh, just some of us who are specialized in farming and knowing the field and knowing what seeds to throw at what time of the year? Or is it all of us? 
can we all raise our hands and say that we are the sowers? I think we can, right? We're all the sowers. Nobody here has a more special quality than somebody else. Um, now, if we were to line ourselves up to an actual farmer, yeah, he may know better when to plant the corn, when to plant the barley, and all the things that they have to do. But in terms of sharing the word of God, it's a responsibility of something that we all should know how to do. So that's the answer. We know who the sower is. So here's what we know from reading this story. The sower was ambitious. He had an excellent seed. The seed that he was sowing was excellent. It didn't say he threw it on the ground and the birds ate it because that was a bad seed. It didn't say he threw it on the shallow ground and it withered because that was a bad seed. He didn't say he threw it among the thorns. And Jesus said that was also a bad seed. The only good seed he threw was landing in the soil. But that's not what it says, does it? The seed was good everywhere he threw it. He had an excellent seed. And also, he has an excellent opportunity. And we'll get into the reason why he has an excellent opportunity. And he had an excellent story. So what is the seed? Let's answer the next question. We know who the sower is. It's all of us. What is the seed? And why was it an excellent seed? Why was it the best seed possible? Jesus said that we, the seed was what? It was the word of God. And uh, can anybody argue that that makes it a perfect seed? It is the very word of God. It is good in season and out of season. It's ready. It's available. Sharper than a two-edged sword. In the beginning was the word. It was the word spoken from God. So there's no doubt among us that the seed is an excellent seed. If you also see in 1 Peter 1, 23, For you have been born again, not of seed which is perishable, but imperishable. That is, through the living and enduring word of God. This seed is an imperishable seed. It's a, it's, a, it's a seed of life. It's a seed of truth. It's the very seed that will move mountains. It's the very seed that will be small, as the Bible says, like the mustard seed, but grows to be a great tree. So this is a powerful seed. It's an excellent seed. So the first thing that happened when the sower is sowing the seed is the birds are going to get some of the seed. Now, you have two options when the birds get some of the seed. Option number one, we can go chase the birds. <laughs> hey, what are you doing? You know, run after the birds. Now, get out of here. Get, get. This is good seed, you know. Um, you're sowing seed among people, and the Bible says the devil came in and took them away, robbed that word and took them away. So you can go and chase the devil. You can go and uh, shoot the birds. But what happens when you're doing this? is one, you're wasting a lot of energy. Two, now it says here, the birds can take some of the seed. Did Jesus say, you need to take care of the birds? You need to go after the birds and kill the birds. When you go and show the seed, take a 22 with you. <laughs> the problem with doing this, though, is when you chase the birds and trying to get them all away, what are you not doing? You stop sowing. And then you also, inadvertently, you've left the field. You're chasing the birds, and you're going after them, and you're being strong and spiritual, and you're trying to come against the devil and all those things. All good things. There are moments for that. But ultimately, you left the field. You wasted a week, two weeks, whatever. You become discouraged. You become despondent because there's no growth. There's nothing happening. Well, the reason why is you stopped 
sowing. You stopped sowing the excellent seed. There will always be birds taking the seed. Always. There will always be birds. Since the beginning of time until the end of days, there will always be birds trying to take the seed. You could say, I really thought that they would accept the good news. They were so receptive. They were like, yeah, Jesus, that's an awesome story. I want Jesus in my heart. I call them up. They stop answering the phone. They stop coming around. They stop listening to me. What happened? What happened? This is terrible, you know. And while you're all discouraged, you stop sowing. The best thing is not to ask that question. The question of why? Why didn't they receive it? Don't ask that question. Remember, from the very beginning, you have an excellent seed. If you truly believe, you know, they talk to salesmen all the time. And I know I've talked about this in the previous messages. Um, not trying to sound like a broken record. But salesmen, to sell what they have to sell, have to wholeheartedly, 100% believe that the product they're selling is the best thing in the world. doesn't matter what it is. It's the best rug, it's the best vacuum, it's the best car, it's the best whatever. And I'm talking about sales, people that have salesmen. You go into stores and everything's on the shelf and you get what you need. But they believe they have a best product. You must have this product because you need it. That belief, if they did not have that, they would be like, you need to have this car. And as soon as someone comes up with a couple questions, well, yeah, it's all right, you don't have to get it. You don't have to get it. They'll never sell anything. They'll never sell anything. You have to ultimately wholeheartedly believe what you are selling is the actual thing they need. So ultimately, that is the same way with the Word of God. Do you believe what you believe is really real? I'm stealing that line from the Truth Project. Do you believe what you believe is really real? If you really ultimately do, you should have no problem sharing that seed. It's excellent. It is the best seed that you could sow. So believe that. Just because the bird came in and took it away and robbed someone, keep sowing. Keep sowing. All right, so the second thing that happens is the hot weather is going to get some of the seed. Or in the count of Luke, there was no moisture. Well, that makes sense. The hot weather comes out. It sucks that moisture right out of the ground, and the roots can't grow further down. And uh, the further the root gets down, the closer it gets to the water source. But if it's on rocky ground, it you know, obviously can't get past that. It's not porous. So the hot weather is going to get some. The toils of the world, the outside pressure of culture. Uh, they really liked the idea of being saved, but didn't pursue what it takes to get firmly rooted. We can say these things. We need better training. We need better uh, follow-up. We need a better follow-up, better training. You know, we need to do a better, word, better, better job of explaining what this seed is. We need to do a better job of getting across what we're trying to share. We need to be better communicators. I just, I just flubbed it. I was just over the, when I was telling the person, I just did terrible. I got to get better at this. I got to get better, you know. You can say all the things, and all those things are good. We should improve our message. But if you continue to ask the question why and spend all the time trying to hone your message and make it better, what happens again? You stop sewing. You left the field again. Asking that question why can really slow you down. Jesus mentioned the reason that the, wilt, that, the, that the plant wilted away. It was the hot sun. All the preparation and teaching and, and honing your message to make sure they don't fall away may help. But in the end, they couldn't handle the heat. 
Some people just can't handle it. Some people can't um, withstand the pressure of being a Christian. They can't withstand the pressure of being a faithful follower of Christ. That's not your doing. That's not your problem. That's not your thing. The who ultimately makes that seed grow? Paul says, Apollos planted and I watered, or it's the other way around. I can never remember which one is which. But who gave the increase? It was God. God does the increase. You got to just do your job and keep sowing. Keep sowing the seed. The story of Noah, and when they settled on dry land, I know when they finally, the ark landed on a mountain somewhere. We have speculation of where that is. And the water's receding, and they're coming out, and they are praising God, and they're, off, they're offering offerings to the Lord, and they're getting back on dry ground again. And God said these very words, and ever since then, ever since then, he's held true to his promise. In Genesis 8:22, he said, While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, and cold and heat, and summer and winter, and day and night, shall not cease. There's going to be time for seeding. There's going to be time for harvest. There are going to be cold times. There are going to be hot times. There's going to be winter and cold, day and night. They will never stop operating that way. So you could, you could build a corner of your house on that scripture and just say, wow, that's right. I'm not in charge of how everything turns out. I'm just in charge of sowing. I'm just in charge of spreading this excellent seed. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. Takes a lot of pressure off, doesn't it? So nothing can change that. Remember, though, this sower, as I said in the beginning, is ambitious. So he sowed the seed and it hit the ground and this got trodden on by people walking on it. I don't want to hear what you have to say. Birds come in, take it away. And David, come on, man, there's like six, seven seats over here, man. I want to see your face. You're going to get like a neck ache staring around the column there. <laughs> Thanks, man. So... This sower is ambitious, as I said in the beginning. So here you're already spreading seed, and it's two attempts failed. They just failed. Did he give up? Did he quit? Man, I gotta re I gotta step back. I gotta go to church some more. Maybe go to Bible college. I can just get this thing better, so I get a better result. Nope, he doesn't stop. And we see why he keeps on going. So now the next thing we see is the thorns are also gonna get some of the seed. And what are these thorns? Well, the story says that they are little cares, the pleasures of the world, distractions, little something. Basically, who knows what they are? There's a, there's a long list of excuses of why people uh, fall away. One of the things that's very common is people let little things, little things, they seem big to them, but they let little things cheat them out of big opportunities. Little slights, little... Uh, hurts little you know the church didn't do this one thing right the music just wasn't you know good enough you know there's all kinds of things that made people fall away you know i was just so tired on sundays i just can't show up to go to church um you know reading the bible always puts me to sleep you know i just can't understand it there's all kinds of things that make people get caught up with the cares of this world again that's not you doing that's not your doing. It's, that's, that's totally on them why they allow themselves to fall away. That is not your job. Now, should we pursue them? Yes. Should we call them up, get after them, tell them that God loves them, tell them that you love them? Yes, absolutely. But don't make that your responsibility to keep them. The Holy Spirit has to keep them. 
Another thing they say is if you end up dragging someone in, you know, if you've got to drag someone in and get them in here dragging with their feet, um, where did I read that somewhere? Someone says, you know, I dragged my wife to the altar and I've been dragging her ever since. <laughs> you know, if you have to drag someone to do something, what are you going to do? It's on you to drag them all the time. Seriously, if you want to take on that responsibility, go ahead. But yes, what you have to do, you've got to constantly drag them, you've got to constantly bring them in. Let the Holy Spirit do that work. Let the Holy Spirit do that work with the seed that's inside of them. All your job is, is to do is to sow. So, we could ask the question, what can I do about that? And the answer is, I just said it. You can do that. You can go after it. You can pray for them. Absolutely. You can pray for them, especially ones that are close to us. Loved ones, you know, family members, brothers, sisters, aunts, uncles. You know, those are the people that we really care about. They're our blood, and they're not serving the Lord. And that really, you know, it's mind-boggling. You know, especially, you know, ones that I grew up with. You know, I grew up with them. We went to the same things. We went and did the same stuff and heard the same word. Why am I following it and they're not, you know? It's very frustrating. Uh, but one thing we have to remember is God is not unaware of their predicament. God's not unaware that they're unable to grasp it and hang on to it and go with it for full force. Uh, who knows? I've heard tons of stories of people going off the path for years and then turning around and coming back. They kind of had to do like the prodigal son. They had to go and taste everything and realize how fruitless the world was. In my uh, almost 36 years, I would say more to my last 20 years of my life, I had that realization this year that I could say 20 years of observation. I was 16. I, I was definitely at that point in my life where I'm paying, <laughs> paying attention and you know, seeing things for what they are and growing, you know what I mean? You know, you can't really talk about 12 and 11 and 10. It's just too young. But I'm 16. So 20 years ago and 20 years of observing humanity, whether it's my family or people around me, my workplace, whatever, that have you ever noticed that uh, very few are convinced to change by people? You know, the I wrote this down, like, they're convinced that their inner thought processes can change, or their very foundation, or their very essence of who they are, or the very core of their being. Very few are changed by people trying to change that about them. Even people who get saved, wholeheartedly saved, sold out for Christ, will still have these idiosyncrasies and these things about them and the things they do and that can irritate people. You know what I mean? It's, 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 it's inevitable. It's inevitable. It's inevitable, isn't it? You all laugh because you know I'm telling you the truth. It's inevitable. There are the things that we have that's the very core of who we are. That stuff doesn't just like fall away. What changes by the Holy Spirit is the hope that we have. The, 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 the prism on our eyes gets realigned differently. So now we're seeing a little differently. Um, I know a lot of selfish Christians. I know a lot of self uh, Christians that just don't know how to love. You know, they just don't. But they're Christians. They just have this trouble trying to realign this prism of who they are. I am convinced if it wasn't for love and grace, those two things that God invented, created, if it wasn't for those two things, this world would have fallen on itself a long time ago. Yeah. There are far more people in this world 
with love and grace than the opposite, the, the, the alternative, hate and anger and everything. Seriously, <laughs> when that tide turns, <coughs> excuse me, when that tide turns, then it's over. It's over. When there are more people with hate and greed and all the stuff and love and grace is like 2%, you know, little, it, 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 it just overwhelms. But the reason why it keeps going, you know what I mean? There are people in Russia, recently Putin signed a law that you're not allowed to evangelize in public. You can only evangelize in the church. So if you come in the church, you know, I think he did it in the last couple of years. And the Christians there say, I don't care. We're doing it anyway. We're going to go out there. So, so far there isn't imprisonment for doing so. It's just a fine. But that's, you know, that's love and grace. They realize we got to sow this seed, regardless of what the government is trying to tell us to do. So maybe I haven't, um, you know, lived long enough, you know, seen enough that some of you can say, I've seen people change. I have. I've changed, you know. But was it, was it from somebody telling you to change? You know, was it from someone telling you that you need to be different? Uh, it's very rare. So this could stop you from even trying. So what's the point? Why even try to help people? Why even try to tell them to change, you know? Uh, it, it can't because it didn't stop the sower, and this is the reason why. Some seed eventually did fall on fertile ground. So to rehash what I just said there, it's not up to us to change people. It's up to us to love, show grace, uh, show mercy, because those are the three things that are shown to you every single day you wake up and breathe air. God is demonstrating that towards you. All we need to do is sow the seed. So the good news is the seed eventually did fall on fertile ground. You can write this down in bold words or put this in parentheses, underline it. It always will, if you keep sowing, land on fertile ground. It always will keep landing on fertile ground. If you share your excellent seed long enough, it will fall on good people. And then the rest of the story there was a 30, 60, and 100-fold. I often wondered why, you know, Luke says just 100-fold, but Matthew says 30, 60, and 100-fold. And there are other passages, too, about the 30, 60, and 100-fold. Um, perhaps, perhaps this 30, 60, 100 fold is a different type of people that get brought into the kingdom and then there's some that can produce the 30, some will produce the 60, and some will produce the 100. But the point is, they're all producing. You can say to this field, man, it's only bringing in 30. You know, it's only bringing in 30 fold. Let's just burn it down. We don't need this field. And then this one is 60, you know, we got 100 over here, so like the 60, let's just burn that down too. We don't need, that's not producing enough. Let's, let's just stick with the 100. But you just got rid of 90. You just got rid of 90, you know what I mean? I think what Jesus is saying here is, look, some will produce only 30, some will produce 60, and some will produce 100-fold. But the point is, they're producing. So if we try to choke out the 30 and say, you need to get 60, or the 60, look, can we get up to 100? Now, in business, they're always trying to get the production to be better. They encourage, coach, whatever they need to do to get that increase, in that increase. So there should be some of that in the family of God. You know, that's what I'm doing here. <laughs> get out there. 
get out there and plant the seed. But at the same time, let's not choke each other out. And then inadvertently, let's not choke the person in the mirror saying, I'm just not producing enough. When you should look at yourself and say, you know what? I am. It may be small. It may be little. But I am producing something. But if you are looking in the mirror and saying, I haven't produced nothing, I'm not producing anything, that should be uh, a motivation for you. It should be a motivation for you to go out and sow. Don't let that discouragement stop you. In fact, my next point is discipline your disappointments. I didn't come up with this phrase. I read it. Discipline your disappointments. I like that. There are going to be disappointments. There are going to be people who fall away. There are going to be people that the Bible says that we bring up many sons and daughters. You know, there are I know some people that have a huge family of sons and daughters, of people they have witnessed to and brought up. Uh, a teacher at my school, Paul Johansson, this guy is unbelievable. All around the world, he has people that he has brought to Christ. And if he had been, I'm sure all the people he talked to hasn't come to Christ. If he had let that affect him and keep him from witnessing and keep sharing and keep sharing and keep sharing, he would have not had that many people. So. Our disappointments and discouragements are real. While real, they're not the wrong emotion. We can't let that handcuff us from going out the next day and sharing that seed. The secret to the ambitious sower is that he had good seed. He said, he said to himself, I'm going to keep on sowing. So what he had to do to keep on sowing is he had to discipline his disappointments. Because you didn't design and create this world, therefore you can't be upset. <laughs> if it's not going the way you want it to, go create your own world, go create your own people, and set it up the way you want to, and then you won't be disappointed anymore. But, you know, as people like to say, we're guests here. We're guests here. We have to go by the rules of this world. Amen? The world will do what it has to do. So remember that passage in Genesis? Not everyone will receive what you have to offer. The seasons are going to come and go to harvest, and the seeding time is going to come, hot and cold, winter, summer, night and day. In 2 Corinthians 9, 6, Now this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. In this verse, Jesus is speak, uh, Paul is speaking about giving. You know, give, give to the church. If you sow sparingly in the church, and for the, the good cause, you know, you're going to get back sparingly. But this applies to everything. This is a universal truth of all the world, Christians, non-Christians alike. If you live like this, you will see the difference. If we want to see a harvest, if we want to see a harvest, and you know, sometimes when you end up talking to someone, they're just ready to be plucked. You don't even need, need to share the seed. You're there to harvest them. They're like, I've been looking for this. I've been looking for somebody to share with me. I've been trying to figure out you know, what to do next. Sometimes you'll be surprised. They're already ready to be harvested. You just need to go out there and harvest them. So in the beginning, I shared three things that the sower had. He had excellent seed. He had an excellent opportunity. Why? Well, one, he can speak. All of us here can speak. Some of us can speak two languages. That's pretty awesome. You know the truth because the word of God lives in you, because no one can put you in jail for doing so. 
because the Bible is at the very click of your smartphone. The, the resources are literally right there at your fingertips. Because the love God has given you for people. So there's your excellent opportunity. Every day you have an excellent opportunity. And then you also have an excellent story. This is your testimony. Whatever your background, it doesn't matter. You were once without hope, and now you have hope. You were once lost, and now you are found. You were once unloved and guilty of the penalty of sin, and now you have been set free. No longer put to death for your simple ways. You have access to the throne of God. Your story is the most powerful seed you have aside from the word of God because it's relational. You know, it's talking about a personal thing about who you are. So, who here loves sharing the word? Who here loves sharing that seed? You know, that's awesome. You got to share that seed. It's an excellent seed. It's a seed that's meant to be shared. It's not, as, uh, it's not a seed you keep in a sackcloth and you keep it in a shed so that, you know, nobody can see it. Now, sharing the word, sharing the word is simple. It's very simple. In fact, Jerry, who already knows the word. Hi, Jerry. You're in the positive, okay? You're going to answer positive. Hi, how you doing? Great. I'm Jesse. What's your name? Jerry. Jerry? Yeah. Jerry, I want to ask you a very important question. Okay. But I need your permission. Yes. Do you have, can I have permission to ask you? Do you know who Jesus is? Oh, yes. You do? Oh, yes. Awesome. Yes. That was it. That's all you had to do. <laughs> now, Chris, who didn't want me to sit next to him, you're answering the negative. All right. So, hey, how you doing? Terrible. <laughs> I'm Jesse. I'm just sitting next to you here. I know it's kind of off the wall, but... Uh, I want to ask you a really important question. Do I have permission? No. <laughs> no? Okay. That's fine. Um, Go ahead. You, uh, yeah, that's it. I guess that's it. <laughs> well, you, ha, ha, how about them Buccaneers? <laughs> You're doing pretty good? Yeah. Well, what, I'm waiting. <laughs> we'll wait and see. <laughs> right. You know, you just have to sit with people, wherever they are, and just ask them. But if you get their permission right away, they're not offended, they're not put off. And when you say, you know, have you ever heard about Jesus? Most often or not, than not, you're going to hear, yeah, I've heard of Jesus. You know, I've heard of that. It's not a new thing here in the United States. So the, you just keep asking questions, you find out where they're at. You find out where they are with their life with Jesus. And if they say no, you say, okay, cool. Um, uh, that's why I wanted to ask permission. And then you just carry on the conversation to something else. Or if they get to the place where I, I, I know all about it, but I don't really want to talk about it, just say, okay, is it okay to pray for you? Is it okay to pray for you? It's no harder than that. It's just no harder than that. There's no threatening thing that's going to happen to you because they rejected it or said no. And even more so, like when I was talking about salesmen, you know, they're desperate to sell you that thing because why? They, 
they are looking to make money. If they didn't sell it to you, they lost money. They didn't make, you know, make anything on that. But your reward, your reward is much different. Obviously, you're not getting paid for it, but your reward is heaven's watching you. And then your reward is that the seed that you're spreading and spreading and spreading and spreading and sowing is going to bring sons and daughters. It's going to bring new believers into the church. It's going to bring people who are hungry for the word of God. That reward, I think, is greater than anything else that you could get. We are called to be fruitful and multiply. You know, the word, uh, the world changing a little bit, although, um, you know, with this negative population growth, people are just having less and less and less children. Uh, that's, a, that's an aspect that's happening to the church, too. It's having less and less children because, you know, we're, we stop sowing. We're either chasing the birds, we're trying to figure out how to reach people better, we're trying to have better classes and better services. Um, you know, how can we get people and have them stay here? You know, the, the word is a challenging thing. It's a thing that has to either make you do something or it makes you leave. And sometimes the smaller churches like this is because it's challenging. It's challenging us to be what God has called us to be. And then you got these, you know, other churches are super big and really full. And, you know, everybody's happy and everybody's fed and everybody's getting what they want, but they're not super challenged. You know, that it, uh, there's a push, there's a give and take there. You know, what are we trying to do? I believe if you spend less time wasting on why the seed didn't grow and spend more time on sowing, just sowing that seed and sharing the love that God has given you and sharing the word of God will be a better way to go. It will ultimately be a better way to go. You will get a better return on your investment. Amen? Amen. That's it for today. Let's stand and I'll close with prayer. Sorry for all my sniffling. <laughs> Lord, we thank you for today and for this word. Lord, we thank you that uh, it never returns void. You have said from the very beginning in the first book in Genesis that you have set things in a certain pattern and a certain way and those will never cease until you call it to cease. It's under your authority. It's under your power. And we can rest and be assured of that power and authority today. As we go out, as we share the word of God and spread that seed and keep sowing, help us not to be distracted by everything along the way. Help us let our own lives be choked out by all the cares and all the wondering and the asking why. Lord, help us just to share the word. Help us to sow the word, just to keep sowing, keep sharing the seed. We praise you for your glory, Lord. We thank you for your faithfulness always to us, 24-7, 365 days a year, Lord. You are constantly faithful to us with your love, your grace, and your mercy. We want to extend that to the world, Lord, as ambassadors of Christ. I pray for everyone here today, Lord, that you would minister to them in their hearts that, that principle of continually sowing the word of God. If you go out this week, Lord, let next week be full of testimonies of the encounters that we had this week. In your name we pray. Amen.